And it's crazy how it's still on a decline. It's crazy how you could you could predict a decline of something for the human population, and yet nobody really pays attention to it. And it's like you predict this, and you think there should be kind of a change for this because it's showing that it's a decline, it's in a negative. But there's like I said, no push for change, and yet this like these numbers predict what's going to happen in the future and they've been they've been right because we said this three years ago and it's still happening which is wild to think about See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. So I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day. Now my fan, they can eat. It can be tough to transition from a student to a professional nurse. I remember when I passed my NCLEX and started my first job, I noticed a lot of differences in clinical versus bedside. That is why I want to tell you about the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare. HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program supports newly graduating nursing students at the early stages of their careers. Develop critical thinking skills through hands-on clinical experience with the help of a strong community of nurses. Plus, nursing residents get access to a range of opportunities to learn, including specialists in ER, critical care, and in surgical services. Not only that, HCA Healthcare's Nurse Residency Program comes with other great benefits like tuition reimbursement, student loan assistance, and a 401k match. Build a foundation for your career at any of the HCA Healthcare's 184 hospitals across 19 states. Students who are preparing to graduate and recent grads are eligible to apply to the nurse residency program by visiting careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers dot hca healthcare dot com slash residency hca healthcare an equal opportunity employer welcome everyone to the commerce podcast with your hosts matt and myself peter fundera thank you for tuning in this on this couple of news episode for some housekeeping as always thank you guys for your time thank you guys for your views make sure to check us out on youtube we have all our videos on youtube so you can see how we actually physically look and interact same with spotify we got all our videos on spotify and don't forget to check out couplenurses.com where we house all our show notes, all our blogs, all our information regarding us, and of course, the couplenurses.shop to get your latest merch. Matt's actually wearing the Right Now shirt, and that's available at wearefrontlinewarriors.shop. And yep, and wearefrontlinewarriors.com is our sister site. A lot of cool mindfulness, consciousness, health stuff on there, blog posts you can read through. Read through. And then uh, we're also going to do a few new things on there coming here uh, shortly. But I'm wearing the... Um, a nursing school shirt actually sorry can't nursing school for our nurse students out there uh, available on couple nurses dot shop and also we have the pronto app coming out hopefully here in, here in the next uh, couple weeks been working diligently on this for the last couple months we're trying to revolutionize and innovate how we how we do healthcare employment basically and also uh, a place for you to get the latest health and uh, job related information that's prontohealth.com so what's up man how's it going how you doing, Pete? I'm great. On today's episode, in the honor of all the men listening worldwide, we're going to talk about an important topic about the decline of serum testosterone levels among young adult men. This data is from 1999 to 2006, and it's quite a decline. It's important because testosterone makes us men. It's one of the big differentiating factors between our two sexes, if they still exist. And you need testosterone and, for life itself. Like we yes. mentioned before, and we'll get into detail here, is... 
you can't have estrogen without testosterone. So testosterone is one of the building blocks from estrogen, and uh, that's what separates us from male and female. But what's actually interesting is we were talking about this before the show, is that we talked about this same issue back in August of 2019. So roughly three years ago, we mentioned the same issue and the same problem going on uh, with men's health, and it's trending in the same direction. So it's just crazy how we're repeating the same thing and the same issue that was going on three years ago, and no one seems to be addressing this. It stems a lot from from the stuff that we consume and how we live our lives, and it's crazy how it's still on a decline. It's crazy how you could you could predict a decline of something for the human population, and yet nobody really pays attention to it. And it's like you predict this, and you think there should be kind of a change for this because it's showing that it's a decline, it's in a negative. But there's like I said, no push for change, and yet this like these numbers predict what's going to happen in the future, and they've been they've been right because. We said this three years ago and it's still happening, which is wild to think about. Yeah, so we're going to talk about testosterone, a few studies, and then how, as a male, you could prevent and protect yourself from the decline. So a lot of things that we always preach about, lifestyle and diet, which we'll get into. Mm. And for all the females that are listening out there, that's the majority of our audience. If you find value in this podcast, send it to your loved one, your boo-boo, boyfriend, fiance, husband, get them hooked up on the show. All right, so testosterone. It is a hormone that it primarily plays and regulates uh, sex drive in males. It's important for libido, body mass, for fat distribution to muscle mass. It strengthens us, and uh, the production of red blood cells has to do with that, and also sperm. Mm. Can't forget that's how freaking we have come through um, through evolution. And yeah. also, a small amount of testosterone is also converted to estradiol, which is estrogen, which we need as men as well. Yeah, you can't have life without testosterone. It's literally one of the building blocks to how we function as humans, how we move out through life, through through everything, the way we, we even think, what influences our, our choices. It's wild how important testosterone is and how it separates us from other animals and things like that. And it helps us grow as humans. And it's still an ongoing issue and it hasn't been uh, been addressed. Like we said, three years ago, we talked about this and a lot of it's interesting. We'll get, get into later. It's a like very diet heavy. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy because... If you think about this, if you keep going on this on this decline, we're we're heading towards unknown territory because we're not sure how we're going to be able to function as humans with less t- testosterone. So are people going to slowly start getting smaller and smaller and smaller un- until you know something drastic happens? Because technically, a lowering in testosterone it would lead to less muscle development, just less size in general, right? So is there a point where we can make ourselves obsolete and not like a top tier predator, you could say, on Earth? Evolution, right? You know what I'm saying? And in mammals, 95% of them, they have testosterone produced in the testes into the latex cells. And that's where the testes produce them. And they're, and the they're balls. all the balls. balls, AKA. And that's like, it's funny when we talk about like being a teenager in eighth grade in like uh, freshman year, that's like the saying. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is testosterone. It's like, oh, your balls dropped, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, you know, in the voice, the Adam's apple, a little bit of mustache. Do you remember uh, your balls dropped as a kid? Huh? No, no. Oh, when you started to get attracted to girls, technically, right? Is that when you're? Because when you start getting attracted to girls, that's probably when you're entering puberty. Because it's all weird. You're just so. like, hey, this is a girl. She's you're my like friend. Sexuality. But I kind of want to explore some shit, you know? That's funny because we're like in like fifth grade, and I used mm. to have that like book of the human anatomy because I loved science, mm. and I brought like two of my friends. I remember we're like looking at the boob section or yeah, something. It's always good. He was like cracking up and like. Yeah, you know, good old times. <laughs> yeah, dude, me and the homies back in the day, maybe like fifth grade or whatever, what class you're talking about is, remember those car magazines? They used to always have like hottest girls because, you know, when you grow up as as like a, as like, as a boy, basically, 
uh, you're interested in cars and girls when you grow up and you hit puberty. Like super street, all yeah. those import cars. And they always yeah. had the sexy girls in there. So I remember the me, me and the homies, we used to tear off the pages with the sexy girls and have like a separate section for the sexy girls and a separate section for the cars. So it's like, you know, the homies could look through the girls while other homies look through the cars and you, and you swap. Facing a road. And I got caught with that by my parents. And that was like the most embarrassing time in my childhood. One of the most embarrassing times in my childhood. I got the talk, you know. That's funny. Yeah, so I'm guessing that's probably when I started entering puberty, right? Was it probably like fifth, sixth grade? I also love probably those. fifth, I think. I yeah. love those uh, calendars, the monthly mm, ones where you yeah, swipe up good, and there's yeah. a different uh, chick. Mm-hmm. Those were good. I, we should, Very we motivational. Should, we should bring those back, bro. <laughs> we should get one. I'm going to order one on Amazon for sure. We should have one on the shop. A nursing thing? A calendar for the boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you know the majority of our audience is female. We can have someone for the boys. Just... Just for the homies. Yeah, let's do it. And so, it could be all be sexy nurse, female nurses on there. There we go. If anybody wants to audition for a calendar, you know, drop us a DM or send us an email. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Idea to be determined. Another project we take on. We take on way too much projects and then uh, everything takes forever to uh, to move yeah. along. But anyway, so let's let's talk about this research study. So these this research analyzed young adult men from 1999 and 2006. So they tracked this decline in young adult males with normal bas- uh, body mass indexes according to all the results. So this was just published in uh, 2020 in American Urological Association Virtual Experience. So mm-hmm. um, we can also associate testosterone lowering in age. It's a normal factor where as you get younger, you have less body mass, you get smaller technically as you get mm-hmm. an adult, your hair starts to bold. So testosterone decrease is natural uh, amongst men so it is time dependent however in this research study they talked about the results that this uh decline is attributed to multiple ideologies that we're going to talk about or mm-hmm. ideologies and that's why people go on trt therapy or testosterone replacement therapy because when you reach a certain age usually it's for men it's about like 45 ish it happens maybe 50 depending on your genetics and people have a it's like i'm not sure how it feels personally because i have obviously haven't gone through it but um, there's something that changes with the uh, human body, the male body and the male mind where they go on TRT to get that kind of uh, those those feelings back. You could say that energy or whatever issues they're, they're, they're having, they go on TRT and, yeah, and sex drive or whatever the issues are and they feel better, re- rejuvenated because that's something that dwindles over time. And it's almost like, you know how women get like fake boobs and a fake ass? TRT is almost like I don't want to say fake manhood because I don't really believe in that, I guess. There's but also just, the pump things, implants. True, yeah. Which has like a, I've never touched one before, mm-hmm. but the nurses have told me that there's like a little button on there or somewhere you press and the thing just... Uh, oh, like instead of, your, instead of your dick? Oh, like right. artificial penis? Yeah, and, and that's oh, like okay. solving the problem of erectile dysfunction disease with uh-huh. a, with an implant. Because you were talking about how females get their... Um, there's a specific term that the, the, the women use that describes... BBL. BBL, yeah. Brazilian butt lift? Yeah, including everything else. Anyways, my <laughs> bro, my dentist told me that he's actually trying to transition because dentistry is. A, oh, I thought I meant transition like from a dude. To no, a no, 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 no. I was like, Sorry. bro, no We're way. We're getting off topic here. Oh, yeah, not this right now. It's funny because the time that we have to record a podcast mm-hmm. quick, we're. Uh, we're diverting on things. But anyways, my dentist said that he wants to get into Botox and things mm-hmm. like that because it's a really good industry and dentistry is really uh, tough. And what if you have a, your de- dentist on for a podcast episode? Seems like a pretty interesting guy to talk to. He would probably love about that. teeth. Let's go take care of that. Yeah, sometime. do you brush your teeth twice a day, three times a day? What's the correct amount to brush? Because, you know, back in the day, it was always after each meal. And nobody has time to brush after each, each meal, right? But that's what's recommended. 
Yeah, we should get him on. Definitely. Be open to him. So let's let's continue with this research study. So if uh, Mad Zentis is listening to this right now, we want you on a podcast. Yes. So four thousand and forty-five young adult men were observed in the study, and they the, they were controlled the years, they controlled the age, race, BMI, core mobility status, alcohol, smoking use, and physical activity. So. Mm-hmm. They tracked a lot, and that's why these results are very shocking. So before we talk about the decline, let's talk about some average acceleration of testosterone in age groups. So if you're early teen, 12 to 13, entering puberty, you should have a level of seven to 800 nanograms per deciliter. 15 to 16, it goes 100 to 1,200. Mm-hmm. That's where you hit peak of puberty. When you're 17 and 18, it's a fast car. When you're 17 to 18 and a young adult, testosterone levels are between 300 to 1,200. And then uh, adults 19 and up, your testosterone sits in here from 240 to 950, mm-hmm. depending on the activity status and the genetics that you have. And crazy how that changes. Like such a jump from 13-year-olds to 16-year-olds. Like it almost, yeah, it's wild. Wow. You know what's crazy? Someone could always stay in that 100 level technically because if you're a 13-year-old with 100, um, nanograms per decaliter of testosterone. That's like your minimum for puberty, I guess. So interesting how that. T- yeah, I've only got my testosterone checked once. It's mm-hmm. really a hard lab lab to get as far as blood from yeah. your primary physician because it's not something that insurance covers. There has to be a valid reason. So if you want to get your testosterone checked, you should tell them maybe some of the symptoms that you might have, and then they'll maybe check vitamin D before they check that. Or they could do both, which I've which I've done. So just tell them maybe you work night shift or you work exhausted hours and you want to um, say something. That. Yeah. Any kind of response would be. And of course, like Matt said, it might not be covered by insurance. Maybe go, might have to do out of pocket, out of pocket. But it's always a good value to to check. What I'm thinking now, I might get my just out of curiosity if I remember to do this, is maybe I'll get my testosterone checked um, after doing this contract of night shift, see how it is, and then take like a few weeks off and then check it after that. And then um, see how it differs. Yeah. And that would be cool if we did that for this show mm-hmm. is when you're analyzing your own body to show people the results of what happens with a diet, like yeah. wearing like a glucose monitoring. Yeah. I feel like maybe you could buy like a testosterone kit. Like, you know how you could buy like those drug tests on Amazon and stuff. I wonder if you could buy like testosterone test kits. Yeah. And you never know. Maybe Quest Labs uh, mm-hmm. actually does it. And maybe we can like, get it on a couple of nurses that shop. There we go. So in 1999, which is the beginning of the research study, the average testosterone level in this 4,000 case study was 605. 03 to 04, which is four years later, roughly, 567. So we have a little bit of a drop. Then he took a break of nine years in a study from 2011 to 2012. Mm -hmm. Testosterone decreased to 424. And then towards the end of the study, 451. So just analyzing these 17 years, the testosterone dropped by 150 points. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? That's just a number that we have. We don't know what exactly that means and what kind of percentage of effects that has on the body because this was, um, there was some, of course, limitations to the study where it was an observational study. Uh, it was self-reported, so there could be biases. Do you remember what age group this was? A young or- adult, man. So 19 and up is what they uh, call it. 19 and up? Like even and a up. 60-year-old? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So hmm, now that I'm thinking about looking this, just real quick. Because 65 plus, you're more elderly. So that would be the, the cutoff, ideally. So so is anywhere from like 19, you said, to um, like, let's just say 60. Yeah. And this is the average of it, right? So interesting. So, but 
I'm thinking, are, could these results possibly, possibly be skewed because if you have an overly older population, you could say, because what if the majority of these people are from the age of like 40 to 60? Yeah. And only like 20% are. It was mostly young because mm-hmm. there's adults, not young adults. So it was 19 to, let's just say 30. I just can't get the number right now. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, for sure. I was just curious. That's all. Yeah. And they also noticed that as you have an elevated BMI, you'll, you have a direct correlation with a decrease of testosterone levels. And what's interesting is these 17 years, the BMI increased from 25.83 to 27.96. So we have obesity on the rise, diabetes, and everything correlates to a decrease in testosterone level. Yeah, crazy, man. And, you know, cardiac disease too, like all these issues are on the rise and and further depleting everything else. Yeah, like it's wild. You need testosterone to be, have aggression, have energy and do things in both sexes. So it's important to maintain it so let's look Mm -hmm. at some possible causes of why you might have a decrease in testosterone so we're going to talk about increased obesity and the bmi correlation diet so all the pfas phytoestrogens the decline of uh, physical activity in males uh, which correlates with uh, fat percentages such as diet we have marijuana use and then some environmental toxins Mm. so if you look at obesity there's a direct correlation when your body creates insulin uh, resistance. It associates with less sex hormone binding globulin, which uh, decreases testosterone. And what happens is testosterone levels get suppressed because of the hypothalamic pituitary testicular access. You have mm-hmm. the brain that stimulates uh, hormones, that stimulates testes to produce uh, testosterone. And then also obesity decreases iron uh, stores and dysregulates the mechanism of iron production, which also creates less total free circulating uh, levels of testosterone. Yeah, it's crazy how that's correlated too. Yeah, and if you, uh, we have a nice graph on the show notes, which shows obesity, which creates the whole metabolic syndrome cascade, aka insulin resistance, uh, increased cytokines, ILX factors. This also causes insulin resistance and also insulin resistance and endothelial dysfunction, which has a direct correlation with cardiovascular disease and also erectile dysfunction disease. And both erectile dysfunction disease and a whole uh, metabolic cascade decreases testosterone. So obesity has a direct correlation with Mm. that. Yeah, so this is like a giant circulatory system issue. And that's why, like like you said, you can't get hard because if it's poor circulation, you're obviously going to perfuse better in like your heart and your organs and you're going to leave the peripheral stuff on the outside. So it's going to affect your reproductive system and, it's, you know, you're not going to be able to get that thing up. And just uh, that's basically, and it, it could come from a genetic genetic issue. It could be caused from obesity. In this case, it's from, obesity causes it. So if you're on the lower end of the testosterone spectrum to begin with, because genetics or whatever other factors, and now you're also, you could say on the heavier side and you're nearing obesity, uh, that's going to even bring your testosterone even lower. So you might now be at the threshold borderline of low testosterone and losing weight might be a really good solution for you instead of going to get like testosterone replacement therapy or, or anything like that. You could solve your own issues by just fixing this one factor that's contributing to your low testosterone. Yeah, and that's what that's what it all comes down to, those simple key things. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't push any supplements onto people and promote that because your body is a beautiful mechanism. You just have to feed it the right information so it could do the right thing. Right, yeah. Even though we take multivitamins almost every day, you could say, but if you're relying on multivitamins as like the major key source of your vitamins and minerals, that's not a good way to look at life. And if you're taking like eight or nine pills, 10 pills a day, 
like why are you taking so much so much pills like what are you missing from your your normal lifestyle that isn't being being given to your body and, and speaking of a normal diet we looked at a 2016 study that investigated dietary patterns and decreased serum total levels of tea so they did questionnaires they collected blood and food frequencies of 125 adults in the study and the results suggested that the individuals who preferred the western diet which is bread pastries dairy products the noodles the desserts and ate less food at home had a direct correlation of unhealthy body which showed increased visceral fat, decreased skeletal muscle, and low serum T levels. Mm -hmm. So Western diet is one issue, and it makes sense because look at the rise of everything that happens that we talk about the podcast. Yeah, and you can't blame each of these macronutrients for something. You, like protein is not the culprit, fat is the culprit, and carbs aren't the culprit. The issue is the, the whole calorie count itself, and also the processed foods are our are major issues because you have... A high amount of calories so you can say you have a high amount of energy in there with a, not a lot of nutritional intake so it's like quick energy that you have to burn off now and, and never has the ability to hold you over that that's the biggest issue because people look at carbs oh you can only maintain you have to maintain below 50 carbs to promote this and if you don't hit this much protein you're not gonna be able to induce this like yeah you could you could say that, that all you want but the main issue is is the processed foods because on processed foods you have carbs you have proteins and fats but remember that majority of those are going to be the you can say the quick energy that you have to burn off now, and it's not going to help you in your in your longevity of life and whatever your goals are, as a you could say in your exercise or whatever you want to do with it. As people fail to understand it, that you can't just cut carbs and expect some crazy results. You can't cut protein and expect results, and you can't cut fat for some specific results. You have to take into account all of these these macronutrients, carbs, proteins, and fats, because those are the building blocks to your hormones. Um, and this would actually make sure organs function and work together. Yeah. And the visceral fat's a really bad one too. So if you're mm. gaining weight and you have deposits of visceral fat next to organs, they're continuously releasing toxins around that organ, which is making it not function properly. It's like added weight for no purpose. Yeah. And you have environmental toxins, which is podcast episode that we did about like the um, endocrine disruptors. So what they do is they could either turn off hormones they could mimic the normal hormones in her body and make them do things with the so they mimic natural estrogen in her body and they sometimes alter them when they become way too hyper and they create dysfunction so things to watch out for are examples such as bpa in plastics and drinking water your containers that you're microwaving that are um leaking pfa uh, bfas into bpas into mm -hmm. your body the pfas the phytoestrogens from food or high soy products. You have the phthalates from like uh, cosmetic products, uh, shampoos, and titrocycline even, which is in, in most dishwashing ingredients. Mm. Those all mimic hormones in your body and lead to unwanted changes. Yeah, if you want to learn more in depth about these uh, hormone disruptors, like those phthalates and stuff, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, if you want to look her up on Google or whatever, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she talks a lot, of, lot, of, lot about this and how to... Uh, minimize these talks talk a, a lot about antioxidants and what's actually true about them and how you should go about them and same with uh, the harvard doctor um the one with the um with the mice with the longevity doctor david sinclair yeah dr david sinclair he's also a big um speaker about phthalates and different kind of antioxidant stuff so dr Anna patrick and then um other dude david sinclair dr david sinclair are good goal resources to check out stress is another one and we know there's that direct correlation between cortisol levels which is from high stress and that leads to a decrease in testosterone. So getting enough sleep, 
living a more balanced life and cutting off the stress whether it's mental physical that all affects us and, and it, um it's crazy because like rest promotes test testosterone and so does exercise also promotes testosterone so you have to have a nice balance between those if you do too much exercise you're losing out on it because you're stressing your body too much and it's not able to catch up on recovery and then if you're not exercising hard enough or straining enough you're not getting out of that comfort zone and you're not really building anything or growing muscles for testosterone is still going to stay the same and it's crazy how it's a nice balance between both of them and you can't overdo one just like with everything else just like with diet such as life yeah it's your life like we talked about the diet a little bit ago you can't overdo on each macronutrient you have to have a abundance of all of them and they all work synergistically uh, together less in life yes and physical so physical activity is another one that helps with increasing your testosterone level so we looked at a 2016 studies that showed uh, 41 individuals that are overweight and they followed a complex 12-week lifestyle diet which focused on aerobic training exercises and calorie restrictions they measured the testosterone levels by uh, the amount of steps that you're doing the total intake and it showed that that exercising helps with uh, increasing testosterone Mm. Uh, what's interesting in this study is that cardio sometimes has a negative impact on your body so if you do way too much cardio and you're overburning your body no matter your sex cardio could have a uh, negative impact Mm. so if you want to focus on the physical activities that you want to do you should do the hit high intensity interval training so in this study they found that individuals who do hit training which is 90 second recoveries maybe 90 second burst periods of whatever your uh, exercise is it released more free testosterone levels versus a 45 minute straight cardio session with one pace mm-hmm. yeah for all you ladies out there that are doing a bunch of cardio because you think cardio is the best route to get in that nice butt or toned body it's actually to be honest the opposite because if you're training for running so you're running for long periods of time time for long distances it's inefficient for those muscles to be big. So you're never going to grow that, that body part. You're never going to grow your legs, never going to grow your calves by just, just by running because over time, you need smaller muscles, work, work smaller muscles, work better and more efficiently over long periods of time than bigger muscles. And if you want those nice big muscles, you're going to have to do something called hypertrophy and you're going to need to grow those muscles, which is going to be weightlifting and less cardiovascular exercises like running sneak peek to next week's episode right shameless plug so we're gonna cover yes sir i'm excited for that one i bet you are i gotta get more into the gym trying to grow those glutes huh i got you biceps Mm. trying to get uh 18s looking thick i don't know maybe like 15 yeah you're 16 and a half bro thanks bro marijuana use is the last one that we're gonna cover on the ways it has a negative impact on testosterone so fake news a lot of people consume pot edibles and all that so be i thought it'd be a great subject to cover and plus, we're in California, so you know what's going on over here. And Oregon has legalized, Illinois has legalized. A lot of countries in the United States have legalized now. It's becoming less taboo. Correct. Even in the medical field, mm. my opinion. So, a lot of conflicting data. There was Denmark studies that showed it increases testosterone. Other studies said it doesn't. Uh, there was a really good study that was released in 2020. They tracked surveys from the National Health and Nutrition Examination. And they tracked uh, mostly 18-year-olds and plus, so young adults, again, who were using regular were regular THC users. In this study, they defined regular THC users as having smoking once per month for every single month for a year. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes people consume that 
lot more, a lot less, but this is what we're going for this data to see what the correlation is. Yeah, I don't think a regular user would be considered once once in a month use. Even if you if you ask how often do you eat like spinach, and then we say once a month, so that's not very often. Like if you're gonna ask your patient, hey, we're gonna put you on Coumadin, you have to watch out how much spinach you eat and green leafy green leafy vegetables, and they say they eat once a month, you're gonna be like, okay, that's fine. Once a month is not a big deal. So yeah. this is kind of iffy, but yeah, we had, carry on, carry on. So we had a uh, 5,100 men in this study. 49% of them were regular TEATS users, so once a month for a year. And they they correlated that there's a small increase of testosterone as you're just a regular user. And it starts to decline with the THC uses. So mm-hmm. they weren't able to find out because, of course, it's a survey to see how much uh, they smoked. But there was like an inverse U-shaped on this study that showed that THC users using two to three times per month demonstrated the greatest increase in testosterone. So 66 uh, points in uh, nanograms that was boosted mm-hmm. for uh, T, uh, THC users versus the non-users. So that's a pretty big Im- implication. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then after smoking more than two to three times a month, there's a uh, negative correlation between mm-hmm. um, supposedly there is a abnormal amount of sperm and the shape of the sperm. So you might have a less chance of uh, getting pregnant if you're a marijuana mm-hmm. user. So with that thing is I'm thinking about all the athletes that use marijuana and if there's a lot of them, uh, Michael Phelps, he won all those gold medals, avid marijuana user, and he was probably the best swimmer. I'm not sure how it is now, but even those UFC fighters, UFC fighters, yeah, the Diaz it. brothers, yeah, same with NFL players. They stopped drug testing them for marijuana. Basketball players, even rappers, all people that you would consider like alpha of the of the society or whatever, they they avidly smoke uh, marijuana. So, huh? You know what I'm saying? So, you never know. Yeah. What if it's like they'll be even more beast mode if they didn't smoke? No, but beast mode keeps them on more of an earthly level. Yeah, when it comes them back, <laughs> and when it comes to the, uh, sperm count, if you are somebody that consumes marijuana once a week on average, you're gonna see, experience um, lower sperm count. So a nat- natural uh, birth control. Yes, <laughs> technically it is. Yeah, you don't need the patch. Just you know, smoke some pot, and you know, you'll work out better. You'll be a better athlete, help, and you won't have kids. It helps with C nineteen. I don't want to say yeah, any yeah. of those keywords mm-hmm. to get flagged. And then also is a um, natural, a natural um, contraception. Yeah, I mean it's aromatherapy. If you think about it, um, helps with anxiety, sleep. So it's just. I mean, if you ask me, for all those avid smokers, I, mean, I used to smoke back in my day, and it was pretty. It was pretty fun, you know. So I guess that I went to a good cause. Yeah. Uh, so conclusion of all this, I feel like at the end of the day, it comes to like beliefs. And that's what's an interesting concept about age. What if like we have been programmed subconsciously that, hey, you need to you're going to get old and you're going to decline. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason why we're getting old so much quicker versus how long people lived. I don't know. That's just a random idea. But the way to kind of think about it is if if you believe that you'll lose intelligence by being out in the sun, then you're going to probably get dumber mm-hmm. by being in the sun because the power of belief is so powerful and the hypocalamus or hypocamus is 90% yeah hippocampus thank you is 90% affected by what you believe and your confidence in the case so if you believe that that's going to happen based on those results it can happen if you think you um, exercise enough as you do or your diet is great that belief might overpower the food that you're eating that could help you maintain t levels that's I feel like that's how powerful belief comes down to. So take this with a grain of salt and just live the best life you can and have fun. Yeah, just to make this a typical typical couple of nurses, a couple of news episode is 
That's the same reason why news keep giving you fear, fear, fear. Because if it's repetitive, it's affecting you. The more you see it, the more you think it, the more you believe it, the more it's actually going to happen. And, that, always, bro. and that's what's like a trip about it because like people are like oh like how come these events happen or mm. people watch it on homer, homer simpsons or something because if you think about it, you program the plant subconsciously which is the plant the thought the seed i should say the, the seed. seed and you watch it grow because you see the outside reality of events happening and then because you think it it gets created because it gets created by the collective consciousness mm. which is the people yeah it's like it's like a fish it's only it's only going to be able to grow the size of its depending on of its environment yeah so the fish tank is small a fish isn't going to grow very big but if the fish tank is big it's got a lot of room to explore think about stuff learn about its environment the bigger the fish is yeah and that's what's wild it's high testosterone too and that's what's wild thinking about all this that which is a funny comment you made that there was people that are all of a sudden um epidemiologists everybody had a health opinion and all of a sudden everybody's a diplomat diplomat and a journalist and is understanding the war and what's mm -hmm. happening and talking about it so it's just crazy how our focus changes in society and everything just gets like forgotten because i feel like if it was truly a big deal which it was and a lot of people died why don't isn't there why isn't there a little bit of updates mm -hmm. on mainstream media talking about this or case counts or hey maybe you should avoid traveling to Aspen, Colorado, because there's a crazy outbreak. None of that. It just matters about what's selling mm -hmm. right now. Your or attention. It, yeah. Is the pandemic over? I mean, if it's over, it's great. Let us know. You know, I'd like to know if it's over. Because if it is, that's good news. Then we could all proceed to back to normal. I mean, not be so fearful. Exactly. It's yeah. Directly affecting our mental and health. And we'll take that W. Like, is it because everyone's getting getting um, vaccinated? Is that why? It, we, Why'd you we, use that word, bro? Now we're gonna get flagged on yeah. this algorithm. Yeah. Is it because everyone's you know getting getting hit? And we're now we're finally safe. Everyone got enough hits, so now we're safe to go. If that if that's the case, great, wonderful. I'm glad the experiment worked out, and I'm glad we could move back to normal. But no one's even even saying anything. It's just like on hold. And then I feel like once this war blows over or it doesn't become interesting anymore, bring it back. Maybe in the winter time again. But we'll see. I mean, time will tell. Maybe yeah. it's over. Hopefully, hopefully it's over. And next you know, thing you know, we're gonna blame over. climate change on. But this. these gas prices, though, it's tough, man. It's, coming, it's becoming an issue right here. Everybody's talking about it. Next episode here. I talk. I talked to my like uh, parents about it and all of them. I was like wondering what their perspective is on it, and they really think it's just a push towards electric. So I'm like, okay, you guys are free thinking a little bit here. Yeah. A very good point. You're gonna make pe people suffer so much, and you pass all these uh, laws that it's just gonna get pushed there. Yeah, and plus, it's my parents told me that, like a similar thing. They're like, you know, when Bush was president, um, guy prices were low. Obama came into office, they bumped up. Trump was in office, they came back down. Biden's in office, they went back up. So it's like, depending on what party's there, that's basically the party that's, that's kind of almost dictating gas prices. And for some reason, depending on what party is, that's you kind of predict on how gas prices are going to go. It's the strangest thing, but it's small it correlates. Yeah, and, you, and it just is, is what it is. It's just the shift of, of money, and each party prefers a different way to shift its money. Some people prefer to shift their money via oil, via gas. Some people shift their money differently. And depending on who's in power, they have their preference on how, how money is going to move, what industry is going to flourish over others because right. they're, they're in charge of that stuff. And just to think about it, like if I was a big boss in this, and let's just say, okay, oil has been around for 50 years. Mm. Now we have the secret meetings or let's just say 100 rich people from the world to gather around. You're on this conversation too. You're listening. And Pete, listen, we're transitioning over from oil to electric. You know what? Maybe we could start some shit where oil is going to go up, sell all, sell all your barrels, sell your companies. We're going to transition to electric and then transition. You have you have to 2030 
So make it ha- do whatever you want to do in these next five years to increase your revenues and then ditch it behind. Yeah, that's and this true, is man. how businesses down, bro. get shut down and reopen up. Yep. Uh, I don't want to get into like politics and all that, but we love to get into stuff. But like that's ready to dip th- down that, and dirty. That's what happened uh. to like before 9-11, all these like conversations that big oil had, correct? That all these Henry Kissingers and all this stuff, like they knew they're going into Nuclear Iraq arms and, and, and big oil, get prepared. And we're using the weapons of mass destruction and NMD as a way, as an excuse to get in there. Same mm-hmm. thing we did with Vietnam. But that's a conversation for another episode. Another episode because we're talking about testosterone. Yeah, if y'all want some history lessons on war and conflicts, let us know. Send in a request. We could talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis. We could talk about the Cold War, <laughs> Soviet Union. We could talk about World War One. What happened to Poland? We could talk about any kind of stuff. We got it. I guarantee. If you drop it in DM, we've probably heard it more times than you. We're historians. Alrighty, ladies and gents. If you enjoyed the show, find some value, find some humor. Please share with your loved ones. This is how we grow. This is how we get boosted on algorithm. And see you on the next one. Thank you guys so much. Peace out. Thank you.